BUP, a Backyard Ultra Podcast. G'day, welcome to another episode of a Backyard Ultra Podcast. I'm Pato, and this week is going to be a pretty cool episode. We've got an interview with four runners who are representing Australia at the Satellite World Championships at Miriam Wernett on the 15th of October. Um, we've got Ryan Crawford, Ben Nichols, Matt Doob, and Tim Kapierzak. Um, before we play that interview, though, it's definitely well worth mentioning. We've got a result to let you know about that happened this weekend at the States of Origin Backyard Ultra in Queensland. Now, this was an awesome result. Nicole Jukes was the first female in Australia to win a Backyard Ultra, so that's a massive achievement. She did it running 22 yards. I'm pretty sure it's 22. It could be 21, but whatever it is, awesome, awesome achievement. So well done to her, and well done to Stephen Parker, the assist. And now, without any further ado, here's the interview with Ryan, Ben, Matt, and Tim. All right, well, thanks for, thanks for uh, tuning in, guys. For the start. This, this is going to be awesome. Um, I, I just thought I'd just introduce each runner, like ask you guys to talk about your um, backyard ultra performance that actually qualified you for the team and um, a bit about your backyard ultra results this year. So, um, Ryan, if it's all right, we'll just start with you. Yeah, go for it, yeah. So, um yeah, I've been doing ultras for the last four or so years now. And I think since I started, maybe the first year I started doing some of the Clint Eastwoods ones, that's where I started there. And I've been trying to do them every year, I guess. And the qualifying, I guess, for this year was probably, you know, the last event that I had done with the, at the Clint Eastwood. I got the 59 laps. But um, before that, yeah, I've been just gradually improving and had some ones that haven't gone as well as planned and stuff like that over the time. and. Yeah, I just like to think that I've always been in that league to be able to qualify by just putting in, you know, the hard work and keep trying my best. And I did it last year as well when it was over here. But that one didn't go too well for me too because I was rolling so many events together at the time. But, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to this one coming up, that's for sure. Yeah. So was it the 59 laps um, that actually – was that the race that qualified you for the team, was it? Oh, I don't know, really, to be honest. I didn't even, yeah, I, I don't know how they, you know, work out that. I actually, yeah, I kind of just do my own thing. I don't really follow that side of the thing. I just assume that I'd always be able to get in because I've always, you know, done fairly well in, you know, the backyard ultras anyway. So, yeah, yeah I don't. I always assumed if I could get there or wherever it was, I'd, I'd go anyway and get in somehow or another. Yeah. So I'm not sure actually, actually, you know, how it all got, you know, organised or whatnot. Because you were in the team last time weren't you as well yeah so i just assumed that like they just pick you know any of the you know decent runners that want to have a crack that have done pretty well i actually yeah to be honest like i said i wouldn't have a clue how it actually got fully organized to qualify and stuff like that so yeah cool i, I think ryan's one of those lucky ones that actually he, he double qualified he, he was already qualified <laughs> from two years ago um yeah. his performance from a couple of years ago had already had him on the list and then obviously when he dominated um this year obviously put him at the very top of the list yeah yeah i'd say so <laughs> so with with that 59 yards that you did like did that take you to places in your mind that you've never been before or was it just like you're in the zone and you just kept going 
Um, not overly, really. It's just like it, it was tough. They, you know, I've done heaps of challenges these days and they all offer something in some way or another. But I, I don't know, like it wasn't, I actually wasn't at the, you know, breaking point or anything yet. I still believe, like, because I know what Kevin's like and I, I assumed it was going to go a little bit longer, to be honest. So I was just preparing. Like, we're all getting our torches, you know, we had our torches on and we're going for that third night. And, yeah. you know, I was definitely, you know, you get to that stage where, you're, you know, you're broken here and there, but you're not broken to that point where you're giving up or anything. I was just, you know, your body and mind start getting a bit wild as, you know, you're getting the sleep deprivation and things like that. That definitely comes in. But, like, I've had that happen on other races as well that aren't the last one standings, just, you know, from being awake for so long, like when you do the 200 milers and things like that. But, yeah, like, yeah, I wasn't actually anything, you know, I've probably been in worse shape in others, other races. I think, you know, over the years of conditioning, that's what's helped pay it off. So, like, I still believe that I'm only really scratching to sit, like the surface of what I can probably possibly do. So, yeah, yeah that's why I'm stoked for this one. Hopefully it all goes well again. Yeah, because it's such a strong team. Like, I mean, if you want to, if you want to, like, make a high total, I mean, this is the team to do it in, I reckon. Yeah, look, like, I don't know a lot of the runners personally at all, really, to be honest. Like, I've heard of a few of the names, and I know there's a couple of guys in there that have definitely done some big numbers. And so I'm just hoping for myself that my body's in that, you know, recovered mode because I only just did the Glasshouse 100 mile, like, a few weeks back there as well. So, I've just been rolling them all together. So basically now I've just been recovering and yeah. just trying to get the body back. You know, I'm still training every day, but just keeping the kilometres a lot lower than I normally would because I just want to try to, you know, enter next, you know, the following week after that, just in the, you know, the best shape I can be in, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> and as, um, because you've actually been, like you've got experience in this team event, is there... Um, do you like tactically do you approach this as backyard ultra differently from others because like it's a team event as well as an individual event like do you tactically do you approach it differently or just like this it exactly the same as other ones you you do yeah it's yeah 100 the same for me i don't approach any race any different than any others like i always approach whatever it is just to go out and give 100 percent. that's why like you know, when I've done individual races where you are, you know, where there's first, second and third and all that stuff, I've just got that same strategy just to, to do it as fast as I can and the best I can do and just, you know, what you sometimes your body responds better on different days. But, yeah, like I know it's a team event and, yeah, definitely, like even like the last one recently with the Clint Eastwood, like because we wanted to try to, you know, I've been trying to get over that 50 hours for ages, like, you know, for the last couple of years before there even was the Australian record that I knew of and stuff like that. Just always thought, oh, it'd be good to crack over 50 and had a few things that never got me there over time, just different circumstances. And so, yeah, I'll just, you know, we'll work with anyone out there on, you know, next, you know, when we go there for that, that event. Like, I, I believe it definitely helps helping each other because there's no point breaking everyone because, then the event's over but at the same time you can only help people so much as well like you just got to basically you know encourage everyone to get up and keep going and anyone that needs any help with food or advice you you know you do that but when i'm kind of out there running i just i'll just run my own pace really like i'll, I'll just go at a cruisy comfortable pace i don't really you know just run with certain people to work as a team or anything like that i'll just do my own race but I'm more than willing to chat to anyone and, you know, do whatever I need to do to help other people stay in as well. Yeah. And like I know that everyone else would do the same for me, so. Yeah. And um, so you've organised, like, 
your crew's all set, your everything's set to come down to Victoria. You to a degree. Yeah. <laughs> if you know me, I'm pretty like yeah, I'm pretty easy going like that. Like I actually, uh, you know, I'll only start packing my stuff probably like next, the following week, like the week of the race. Like I'm still organising stuff. Like I've only got one guy coming down to help me, Grant, who's a good mate. And, yeah. You know, I've got to know him well. And so he's going to come down. And then there's some guys down um, Melbourne way that are going to be helping as well. So that people from down under and stuff are going to come give me the gazebo because I'm flying down. So mm. that's the only thing I'm probably about this event that I'm not 100% stoked on is because I don't have all my gear like I normally would. Yeah. And I, I'm going to take as much as I can on the plane. But unfortunately, I can't make, you know, heaps of home-cooked meals and all that kind of stuff because I can't bring it down, you know. And I'm only flying in Friday night, oh, getting right. like 8 o'clock. So then I'm literally going to be the time I get from, you know, the airport to where we're staying. It would just basically, you know, try to quickly get something to eat and then sleep and, and then get up at like the checkout time, 10, 11 o'clock, and then probably have to start heading to the venue to set up, my, you know, the gear. So, and then everyone's just chipping in to help bring eskies and all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of a bit out of my depth with that kind of thing, which unfortunately, because I didn't, don't have a, you know, I'm not driving down. So, but I'm all good. I'll adapt. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Awesome. And um, so what about you, Ben? Like, what about your um, Backyard Ultra? qualifying race and uh, what you've done this year and stuff like that um yeah well you were there david that was the mvp in february um everyone on the call was there except for ryan actually uh yeah that was that was pretty good that was um it was actually a training run for me i've been training for a 200 mile now for about feels like nearly three years i think i entered in 2019 and it's been cancelled, postponed, and then I missed it for work, and now I'm just I've sort of given up on it. But um, so MVP was supposed to be like my last long training run for that, and um, it sort of just came together. Seems to be going pretty well. It's having a good run. I got um, got injured, but um, I was really enjoying myself. It seemed to be a really good group of people. I'm pretty good friends with Tim. We were running together for a bit, well, for a lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just sort of came good. And then it was me, Matt and Tim at the end. And then uh, it was me and Matt at the end. And me and Matt slugged it out for, I don't know, about eight hours or something. And it was, you know, as you know, I think Pato was pretty hot. Yeah. It was a bit of elevation and pretty um. A lot of people say it's a really tough course, and I, I completely understand that, but I kind of personally, I, I found it did suit me. I liked the big hill. I liked Is this the, the course we're going to now, come on? No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. No, this is a different one. Um, yeah, it, it's, you know, fair bit of pavement, a bit of gravel, bit of a lot of stuff to break it up. It kind of suited me, I thought, so. And, and this was what's called like a silver ticket event, if I'm no, right. no, this is actually um, if you're going on the on the way, Laz has sort of rigged it all. This would this would have been a bronze ticket, wow. which would have allowed me an entry into a silver ticket. Right. But um, I basically just sort of hung my hat on it and crunched the numbers in my head and thought, I reckon this is probably good enough to to sneak me into the team. Yeah. 
And as it turns out, yeah, it was, um, yeah, not really. I was actually watching Ryan's race. Uh, I think I everyone night. was. Yeah, I was on I was on night shift at work, and I think I I'd been I'd been knocked down the sixteenth. I was like, ah, oh, I sort of told my wife, ah, oh, it's not happening. So we started planning a couple of other races. Actually, my wife's a runner as well, and um, and it just sort of I was watching the names drop off, and I just sort of penny just dropped that if there were a couple of people there that if Kevin or Ryan won. I would actually go back to 15 because they already had qualified. So yeah, I was, uh, I was, I didn't get a lot of work done that night, (laughs) (laughs) but no, it was good. I really enjoyed watching it and, um, yeah, it was a good result. Well done, Ryan. Very, it's very impressive. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. That was a good, like, I think a lot of people broke on that one. I think, like you're saying with the names dropping off, I reckon a lot. Of, I don't know whether a lot of people put so much pressure on them to try to beat the Australian record or whatever, and it just got too much for their mind or whatnot. But yeah, we definitely lost a few big names there earlier. Yeah, I was really surprised when John Yoon pulled out. I thought he was um, when I saw him enter. I thought, ah, that's it. That's it. I'm out of the team. John, yeah, he's a good lad. John put up a good mate. Yeah, no, he is a talented runner, and he's actually yeah. he's, he's in the team now too. So. He could have kept going. He just, I think he just decided to pull up because I was running with him a bit, bit towards the end there. And I think he's just like, oh, I'm just going to pull up at fifth or whenever he did. Yeah. Can't remember when exactly when he pulled out, but he had more in him. And that was, that was, that was his first ever backyard ultra too. Yeah. No, he yeah. did. He did awesome. He, he was doing it with ease. So he did well. Yeah. Very impressive. And and you've all you, you have been run at Miriam Wernick this year as well, haven't you? Uh yeah, I wasn't because I was did um down under as well, which was ten days out from Miriam Werner. I had a Miriam Werner entry from the year before, uh, but that got cancelled from COVID. So I'd actually just said to the guys, um, I can't do it, it's too close. You can have my entry, just give it to someone else or whatever. Mm. And um Peter Clark, I think it was, messaged me and and said, look, just come down if you want. You don't have to post a big total. If you just want to come and run the course, go for it. So I did. And um, I think he was, I don't think, I know he was hoping I'd get there and get white line fever and go for it a bit harder. Almost certain that was his plan. But um, no, it was good. I got to meet Ross McPhee and and um, get a feel for the course and it was definitely valuable because it's not like any other course. Mm. Um, yeah. So, but he only did um, the 16 yards there and then um, pulled the pin and went and um, had a beer with lads. So. Yeah. What, what kind of insight can you give us into the course? Um, Tim's probably the best to ask because he's actually run on the actual course that we're going to run on. But... Um, it's good that we're not running on the Miriam Wernick course because that's tough. It's a really tough course. Um, it's uneven. There's a creek crossing in it, which is they actually they, they put pallets down on the creek this year, but they, all they did was just keep your feet off the bottom of the water, off the bottom of the creek. Didn't actually keep your feet out of the water all that much. So um, yeah, so you're running on Miriam Wernick. You're running with wet feet. Um, the grass is long. Is that every lap? Every lap you go through the water. Every, every lap you go through the creek twice. 
Yeah, right. So, yeah. This, this time <laughs> year, though, the, the course that I ran a couple of weeks ago, they've taken the creek crossing out and they've taken the big hill out across from the creek as well. Um, yeah, okay. It's muddy and it's soft in parts. So if it doesn't dry up, it could be, you might still get muddy, muddy feet, but there's no creek crossings. But is it's a lot of like tussock grass. Um, there's no, yeah, it, it's hard to get a rhythm going. But, I mean, that's, it is what it is kind of thing. So, but, um, yeah, it's just soft under underfoot. So you're probably, the legs are going to get heavier sooner. Yeah. It, it's funny because um, the, the course that you ran best this year, that's actually another easier version of the yeah, original yeah. Miramonet course. <laughs> the, the, for, for a long time, Miramonet was, was often spoken about as one of, if not the hardest backyard ultra course on the planet. So yes. now, now this one that we'll be running in a couple of weeks will be the third, the third alternate course to make it as as loop friendly as possible. <laughs> yeah, they definitely want to have it slightly easier if you want to be going against all the other countries that have got a flat course. Yeah, <laughs> I see. I don't, I don't know if anyone follows big. Big's backyard, but little uh, little's backyard. I think he's on right now. And obviously, there's a little bit where the ground is a, a tiny bit soft. They've actually put concrete posts in the ground and built a bridge over it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so also at that when you ran at Mewen, were it Ben um, Lazarus Lake was there? Was that did that incentivize you to head on down as well? Um, yeah, obviously, I guess a little bit. Yeah, um, I was very. Um, it's hard. No one's going to change the way that I am planning to do something. Yeah. So I was very much, I was fully focused down under. Down under for me was a couple of year project. Like this is the first year. Next year is, is the year. I, I wasn't willing to, um, at no point was I really thinking about jeopardizing that. But, um, it was a good, it was good. I, like, I didn't take crew or anything. I just went, I didn't even have a tent. I just had a chair and an esky. Yeah. And, um, oh, yeah, it was good fun. It was nice to go there with no pressure and, yeah, meet a few people and watch it. And, yeah, it was actually one of the, the funner things I've done running-wise. Yeah. I, I didn't know cool. that. I didn't know that, Ben. If, if you had told me that you had no one, I, I would have stayed. Yeah, I, I didn't want anyone. I told my wife, "Don't come," because the last thing I don't—I want excuses. I, I want a reason to not to not go. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one thing with the um, MVP, I reckon it's probably the only backyard ultra in the world that's ever had a mobile cryogenic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Did you use it? No, I didn't. No, did you? <laughs> Nah, I, I, I kind of regret it, but nah, I was hot, but I should have. Yeah, I, mean, I think I, for I think for Phil to appreciate this gag, I think we need to tell him more about what the hell we're talking about. Um, I don't even, I don't, I'm not entirely sure what it was. To be honest, I was too, I was pretty focused on you, Matt. <laughs> um, yeah. It was a great big truck with yeah. a liquid nitrogen in the back, I think. Yeah, so they, because it was so hot, um, they had, I don't know if, yeah, they had a mobile cryogenics tank 
which is like that sprays ice, like negative 100 Celsius on you and to cool people down. So yeah, I couldn't imagine anything worse than trying to do something <laughs> like that 30 hours deep into a backyard. <laughs> <laughs> this, that would be like the pinnacle of bad ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I've never tried this before, but let's, let's throw something else at it. I couldn't run a lap fast enough to do that anyway. So, so, so seriously, Ryan, like we're at this event in summer and this huge truck pulls up and, and the race director, Brett, says anyone that wants to go jump in essentially a, an ice bath at minus uh, 100 degrees, be my guest. And it was like, I don't know if anyone jumped in there at all. Yeah. Uh. Oh, I'd be tempted if you were cooking hot, but like you said, you don't know whether it'd go against you or not. <laughs> you good oh, idea, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got like twelve minutes before the bell rings again. Like, you got to you got to do it in the nude as well. So you'd have to take off all your yeah. clothes, then put them all back. Everyone's different, though. You know, like some people like having showers in between. Like I don't bother. I just think, what's the point? You're about to get sweaty the next lap, but yeah, yeah everyone's <laughs> different. That's yeah. it. Um, so Matt, um, I've got you written down as the backyard ultra specialist. So can you tell me about your backyard ultra stuff this year, how you qualified and oh, everything? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, look, I'm, there's no doubt I am a backyard enthusiast. Um, I, uh, although my first backyard was in 2021, I've sort of been an enthusiast since way back 2018 and and for anyone that knows anything about backyard ultras in 2018 unless you were in a niche ultra running community in america you probably didn't know what a backyard ultra was um and essentially i was transitioning from being a, a road runner to a ultra or endurance runner as i was sort of my philosophies and values were more in line with endurance running rather than marathon running um, I just Googled one day, you know, Australian ultramarathons, and then all of a sudden this event, this new event was being advertised called Miram Wernet Back Paddock Ultra, and this was in late 2018. And I read what the format was about, which is now what we, you know, which is what we call Backyard Ultra, and I thought, holy crap, you know, I I'm not fast, but I'm quite enduring. This is a race for me. Um, and so 2018 is when I first got introduced to, to backyard racing. And um, obviously COVID came in 2020, 2019. I was a bit slow to enter races. Um, but 2021 was my first um, backyard race. And that was at MVP in Melbourne. Um, and that was actually my first ever ultramarathon as well. Um, I'd competed you know not not competed sorry i've done obviously ultra distances you know in training and, and just hobby running but my first actual event was a backyard ultra um, and to this day um i've never ever completed an ultra marathon race other than a backyard ultra to be honest so essentially i've only ever raced three ultra marathons um, and, I, and I got a good record. I came third, then second, and first. So whatever happens in a couple of weeks, it, it's got to be a good thing. Um, and so in 2021, um, yeah, I, I ended up coming third. I ran 
32 laps, which was way better than any expectation I had for myself. You know, I'd, I'd only ever ran 80 kilometres maybe before then. Um, but then this year is when I sort of realised that I was okay at endurance running. Um, when I went back to MVP and I went up against Benny and Tim, they're very accomplished ultra runners in their own right. Um, and I ended up mixing it with these guys. Um, and um, in February, you know, the, the heat of summer, um, you know, when it, we got into that third day, um, I, I just wasn't, you know, I'd already overachieved sort of where I thought my limit was. And if, even though my body was fine, um, my mind was ready to give up. You know, I thought second is okay. You know, I'm okay to quit now. And um, and then I stopped and, and Benny got the win. Um, and, you know, I've spoken to Benny or, you know, we've messaged plenty of times between now and then when it, um, about how much you learn every time you do uh, an event like this because improvements can come vast and very quickly. Um, and, and hopefully maybe in a couple of weeks' time, you know, we, we can all experience that. Um, uh, five weeks ago, I, I participated in um, Shepparton, in, Shepparton in, in North, um, uh, uh, an entry-level event, um, North Thick Backyard Ultra or GV Last Man Standing. Um, that was just five weeks ago. Um, and the reason I did that was because um, running 40 laps and obviously watching your event, um, Ryan, 40 laps was not enough to get to get into this national championship. And so a few weeks ago, um, or a few weeks before your event, Ryan, I signed up for North Vic Backyard Ultra, um, partly because yeah. I'm, I'm from the area um, and I thought it was a great way to support, you know, my local community from, from where I come from. Um, so I signed up thinking that there was no way I was going to get a ticket into the, this event. Um, and then I watched your event and watched, you know, all the great performances and it turns out that it, it wasn't enough. Um, so I, I didn't, you know, check out of the Shepparton event. Um, but as it turns out, a few people, you know, pulled out of the event and, and, I, and I got my spot. So this one in Shepparton, I was like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not do it. At the very least, it'll be a great training run. Um, and yeah, I get to, sure. and, and I get to support, you know, an emerging um, backyard ultra. Um, and as it turns out, I went there. Um, it was a great event, and thirty laps was enough to win the thing. So I was very fortunate enough that I didn't have to run more than thirty hours to win. Um, and so, you know, I took a bit of confidence through that. You know, after coming third and second in my previous two events. Um, to, to get a to get a win in a in a backyard ultra was quite a you know the numbers weren't outstanding but to, to get a win that's great still two hundred bloody k's mm. yeah you know you know you can call it a you can call it a, a, a training run but but it really wasn't I was there to compete and 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 a great time um, had spent some time with some great people and um, yeah, it was a great event and to come out with a win. Um, and be on the winners list like all of you guys. Um, yeah, it's a good confidence builder. So um, yeah. So because I was there, 
And but you did thirty one. It was thirty one laps, not 30. yeah. So, sorry, yeah, thirty one <laughs> laps. Yeah, yeah. But one thing that stood out to me, and I learned a lot during that event, just watching you. Just you were just what what I took out. You were just so relaxed, not just when you were running, but like when you were resting. Just just so relaxed, and I I I, I learned a lot from watching you that day. I think Ben, Tim, and Ryan all um, sing the same song about how important a good crew is. And my wife and my family, her family, um, I, I just can't speak more highly of how valuable a good crew is in these events. Um, I've, you know, I've seen your docos, Ryan, about your crews and they're fantastic and Ben and Tim, you bring your whole family along in the camper van this year. Um, having a crew and having the support of a crew means that when you finish that loop, you can just chill and they take care of everything. Um, and you, you, I can't, can't, cannot speak more highly of, my, you know, specifically my crew, but I think all crews that, you know, all crews are incredibly valuable. You know, anything that takes the pressure off your own mind having to think what you need to do next is definitely going to help you. Hmm. Yeah, and I also think, um, Dave, obviously for that race in Shepherd and that day, um, look, I, you know, I knew I was probably one of the better runners in the race, so I, I was very relaxed, to be honest. Um, and I said to myself, look, I think knowing the names that are competing for the day, being a first-year event, um, I, th I honestly thought maybe... 27 laps might win the thing um as it turns out 31 did um so i, I can't complain i can't you know it, it was a great event and i'm happy to, to get out of it with a win um and a whole lot more confidence mm. all right i'll be back in a sec i'm just going to the bathroom guys <laughs> is that going to be edited out or what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, too many beers. Too many <laughs> yeah. celebratory beers after the marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what? So what? I, I guess this is all going to be deleted out. But what? What are you throwing on a plane, Ryan? Like, how is this going to work? Yeah, I don't know. To be honest, no. I'm just just my shoes, mate. Uh, <laughs> I'll take a couple of bags. I got to, but I'm going to take me in a tent for the gazebo. So I've organised Warren from the Down Under, and he's one. Of, he's been really great with me, and he helped me at the Down Under as well. And I flew down there, so he's offered to bring me down the gazebo tent with you know the with the poles and the roof. So I'll just connect my inner tent to that, and then he's going to help out with tables and chairs and anything that I can't obviously bring on the plane. And then they're going to have it all down there. They said they'll have whatever I need. And then it's just a matter of the, the you know, I've got all the gear, like as in, you know, the running, you know, the clothes, all that kind of stuff, like any of that stuff, that'll be all with me. But then it's just, I've got the, some spring gels that I'll take down that I can carry any of that kind of fuel. But, you know, the, the only thing that really is this, the normal foods that I normally take, like I usually cook up a few good dishes and that, and I won't really have the time to do that. I might be able to get one sorted, but I'm staying near the event, so for that night. So there's, there's, I had a look on Google. There's a few shops around, so I'm hoping there's a couple of takeaway good shops, and I can you know get some fried rices or some stuff just to take down there as well. And I know between everyone there and you know Warren and Grant, that like they'll go and get me whatever I need. So I'm really not too concerned. I just 
I believe the universe will work how it needs to. And as long as I'm ready to go, that's the main thing, you know, we'll get food and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm not that concerned to be honest. I'm just, I kind of just focus on, you know, the present, what's in front of me when I'm there. And I know that it'll be all good. Mm. I think and even more so, I reckon. Oh, Sarah. I was just going to say, I think one of the good things about the, this um, race coming up is that it's at a property. So you, You've yeah. got you've got some amenities there that you can use. Hopefully, maybe you can use their like, bathroom and laundry and stuff like that. I don't know for sure, but oh, you will. And as well, because it is a team event, and you know, all, all ultra races that I've kind of been doing these days, even if it is a distance one, like everyone's pretty good. Everyone helps each other. So I know that you know I'm out there and I'm looking for something. You know, like you guys, you know, there'll be people there that'll have stuff to help. Not that you're relying on them, but. I know there will be other off, you know, options to be able to get you through whatever you need, you know, because everyone wants you to stay as long as you can as well. And I know I'm not going anywhere, you know, I'm not flying over there just to go half ass at it. So, yeah. you know, you, you go until you drop pretty much. So, um, so um, Tim, yeah, yeah you so so my I suppose my um, backyard ultra stuff really kind of started like, when I met you and. And Ben and uh, Matt at uh, MVP. So I had a, I went into that. I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. First time ever doing something like that. Um, and it was all right. Like, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, and like you were, we were chatting before the podcast started, you kind of meet all these new people. You're having a chat with everyone. And it's kind of, it's quite nice and relaxed. Um, that was a pretty cool event. I had I had no idea about the whole world champs thing or anything like that. If I had it, I probably would have maybe stuck it out for a few more loops so I didn't have to travel to Newcastle to qualify. So I um so yeah, so I got what did I get? I think I got 34 loops and then I just had some issues with blistering and stuff and and uh yeah, that didn't go go great. So um I called it a day. And then the next day, I'm like, oh, there's this world champs thing. I'm like, God damn it, I should have stayed in it. And so I uh, packed up the family and took them um, up to Newcastle for Easter. And uh, and I knew going into that, I'd, um, I'd trained pretty – I had COVID and then for a couple of weeks and then I put in three solid weeks of running and I thought, well, you know, if I want to get into this Aussie team, I'm going to have to do at least 48 hours. So that was the goal. So I went there. I, I thought I either win or do 48 hours. And um, doing that event, um, the Backyard Bliss one, it was it was a fairly flat course. It was only like 50 or 60 metres of elevation. And I thought, this is going to be sweet. I just nice and flat. And I got there and I had some, some Hocker Cliftons, which are just, you know, normal bitumen shoes. And I thought, this would be all right. And I only brought one pair of trail shoes that were fairly worn out. And I hit the course and it was just a mud fest. The whole course was just muddy, had little stumps sticking out of the ground everywhere. I slipped and sliding all over the place. So I had to, I just got in straight into the trail shoes straight away. And like, I mean, we were, we were doing pretty good laps with the guys that were there. I didn't really have any idea about what, what talent was there because I went into it and I'm like, it doesn't matter who's here. Like 48 hours is going to do what I needed to do. Hopefully it doesn't go any longer than that. Um, and all, yeah, and the shorter it went, it was going to be better on my body. And I was lucky enough to 
Yeah, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was either 29 or 30 loops I did in the end. And um, and the, I think the shower won it actually for me, Ryan. I um, I went off after my I ran yeah, right. my second last lap. I went off, had a quick lap, and I'm like, and it was just before nightfall, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to have a shower, and I'm going to try and look as fresh as I can. And I turned back, oh, I did that, got dressed again, turned up at the line, and I looked at um, at Matt uh, Pilly who was there, and he kind of, he didn't look great, and I'm like, I look fresh, I know I look fresh. And then we took five steps, and he said, that's it, I've had enough. <laughs> he goes, I can't beat you, you look, yeah. too, you look too fresh. And I'm like, thank God, it's over. Cause, uh, the cause shower broke him. Yeah, the shower <laughs> broke him because he, he thought, look, you're in it for the whole night. And I'm like, and I was. Yeah. So, so it was good. So I kind of knocked that one over pretty quickly. And like I said, that was my second and second one I've done. And, like, I, I quite enjoy the format. I've It's funny, like, it kind of brings back memories from when I started running. I did, um, like, I've done World Tough Mudder a few times, like in, I think, 2012, 13, and another year I went back again. But in 2013, it was like 26 hours, I was, and it's a looped course as well. But we're in, like, five mil wetsuits um, the whole time. We are breaking ice on the lake. We were doing, it was like 35 obstacles per loop, which I think was an 8K loop at the time at that at that event. And it was just brutal. I think I did like 18 loops and it was just, and it's funny because it reminds me so much of this style of event. Although this was a 24-hour event um, at World Tough Matter, um, so you couldn't keep doing loops. But it's, yeah, I think that that's where, like I said to you, Pat, before the um, podcast started, that I was always searching for an event that would push and whereas World Tough Matter stopped at 24 hours, whereas this doesn't. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, and then from, from World Tough Matter to this, I've pretty much just done everything in between. I've had a crack at everything. And I think I'm, I'm similar to Ryan where I just go into it and go, you know what, whatever will be, will be. You can never, you never know who's turning up to an event. And if you give it everything, then you walk away and you've, you've lost nothing. Like, you know that, that yeah, if someone's come along and they've done better than, then, then so be it. Good on, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. going to have to shake their hand and go, man, you, you've done more than me. You did more than me, and then that's you deserve this win. Mm. Um, and you don't really like. I mean, I'm a little bit older now, so going in for a win, yeah, it's not, it's not the be all and end all. Like finishing events is and being proud of what you've done. I think that that's where my head's at. Same stuff. Like oh, doing unbreakable. Um, Unbreakable was one of those events. You just you just do it, and and man, you can go to some awesome places when you're pushing that far. Because that's what I one of the things I was going to bring up is like this year you've had a bloody bloody good year. Like you've you've qualified for the Australian team in the Backyard Ultra, and you finished Unbreakable as well. Like is this yeah. the best year running year of your life? Yeah, you, it it most definitely is. I think Ryan kind of touched on it with your experience that you have in your legs. And then I think the longer you go, the, like I used to, some of my training weeks were just ridiculous. Like eight years ago, there were, there were weeks that I was running 200 kilometers a week. And now I could, I can do a decent, you know, 160K race off 75Ks a week. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, what's changed? Well, the thing that's changed is you've had 10 years of running in the legs. So, mm-hmm. 
yeah, so that's that, there's a big yeah, there's a big and it, it's almost all kind of come together for me in the last year. I think that that's where I've kind of understood that my balance of what my body needs and what my mind needs, and you kind of put them together, and then that's where the performance performances come. So yeah, so I think it's conditioning the- too, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. Like it, when you trust your own body, when you when you trust yourself that your body can do that, and you just have that belief then nothing's going to stop you because you're like, I'm going until if, if you can tap into the part of yourself where you turn off the self-preservation switch, you, you'll go on forever. You'll just keep, and this is why this is a perfect event for something like that. Because if you don't worry about any of that, then you'll just keep going. And it's amazing. Mm. Yeah. And with this um, uh, finishing or winning unbreakable, um, like which is inspired on the Barkley Marathon, do, does that actually like, do you know, does that open the door to like maybe even running in the Barkley Marathon or? Yeah, oh, I, th- I think so. I like having a taste for it. it it's it's cool. It's, it's I've, I've looked at the Barkley Marathons for years. I'm in the, the Google group. I see all the cryptic messages that all the people write in there. They're, they're, they're interesting people. They're very, they're my kind of people, I suppose. It's <laughs> the things that they kind of come up with. But yeah, I'd look, I'd love to go over there and have a crack at that. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, at the moment, I think the backyard ultra stuff, it kind of interests me that little bit more. Um, and I, I love Unbreakable. It was, it was epic. But um, yeah, backyard ultra has kind of got my, got my uh, attention at the moment. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, I've said this to Tim in, in uh, instant messaging before, but especially with Laz coming to Australia this year, um, and he's well aware of um, the unbreakable race, um, there is no doubt in my mind, and, and I've had a couple of instant messages with Laz himself, um, there's no doubt that if Tim wanted to go to Barclay Marathons, uh, I think he could. Uh, that'd be cool. That's nice of you. So I, I haven't actually been in contact with um, Laz. So, um, but yeah, it, it's a it's definitely on the radar of stuff to do. But you know what? There's a, a little race called Down Under that we've got that I reckon would rival what the the brutality of um, the Barkley Marathons. Yeah, so awesome. cool. Um. So I've got a few questions about just backyard ultra stuff and basically the race, um, the satellite world championships at Miriam Wernet. Actually, the kickoff time, Melbourne time, is 11 p.m. So I was wondering how you guys are going to approach that 11 p.m. start time. Oh, I think that, I think it's 9 o'clock. <laughs> so the last <laughs> conversation, it's with all this daylight saving stuff, it's kind of flipped and flopped a bit. But last time I spoke to Peter Munns, he, we, I mean, um, me and Ross, uh, we were talking to him about it and he said that it was, he believes it's 9, 9 p.m., which kind of suits <laughs> us. Um, 9 p.m. is actually not too bad. It's a lot better than 11. What, yeah. is, what, what, what time did he start two years ago, Ryan? Because it would only be the same time or an hour earlier uh, or I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> I've done that many events since then. I've just my forget, gut uh, feel. My gut feel was eleven p.m. But yeah, you know, something 10, like that. And I got told it was around ten or eleven. 
Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a bit later, but I, yeah, I can't honestly remember, to be honest. It's not going to be 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't care. Whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. So the time isn't really playing much into your thinking? No, I, I heard you mention um, uh, on your first podcast that you guys were kind of concerned about the time, the start time. I, I don't know. I don't think it's an issue at all. I think if no. you're going to go long, you're going to go long. Yeah. Well, I think the way I'd approach it is I would just say the good thing about starting late is the night before you don't have to worry about like, oh, lying in bed thinking oh, i've got to get up in four hours and start this race you can you can just lie in bed relax not have to worry about going to sleep you can when you do go to sleep you can sleep in as long as you like and then um you still got hours till the race starts well ben ben's a shift worker yeah yeah it'll suit me because like you say i can sleep at home the day before i mean it doesn't work for you ryan and apologize for that but that's all right. You can, I'm at least you can sleep. <laughs> at least you can sleep in a hotel room or a bed or something, and not not camping out in a paddock. And then, uh, yeah. and then you know we can drive. I got a three and a half hour drive. Gives me heaps of time to get there and set up, and and I'll put put uh, put my headphones in, and I'll try and get a couple of hours or something. And yeah, I uh, I might be one of the lucky ones. My family have actually um, we've hired out a B and B maybe five minutes, ten minutes away from the, the venue. So Perfect. I plan to, um, yeah, come, come during the day, set up, and then maybe skip off to a proper bed for a few hours. So, yeah, that, that, that could be all right. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I definitely agree with Tim anyway, and it sounds like everybody that the, the times are relevant. Yeah, every, every, um, every event, hub is going to have its up like it, there's, there's going to be some events that are muddy there's going to be some that are cold there's going to be some that are hot there's going to be some that are going to be starting in the morning some at night so every you if you start looking at stuff like that you'll drive yourself crazy you just look at what you've got and you go that's what i've got and that's what i'm trained for and that's what i want one thing I didn't ask you, Tim, is your um, track report or your course report for the because you did forty k's around the actual course recently. Yeah. Oh, look, it it wasn't. I pulled up like I know it was only forty k's, but if you do a forty k training run, you're always going to. Well, most people would normally feel at least a little bit in their legs the next day. I actually didn't feel it at all. I actually didn't feel like I even ran forty k's on the course. So that was for me. I was like. That's actually pretty good. Looking at the course, it's heavy, it's muddy, and there's tussock grass everywhere, and there's rocks behind. You might have a tussock and there's a rock behind it or, or something like that. So you've got to be a little bit, bit vigilant of that kind of stuff. Um, and it was it was pretty wet. There was sections of the course where it was like a mud fest. It was just I was covered in mud. But, I mean, I was still – I think I was doing loops around about – 43 45 minutes and me and ross were just jogging and chatting so there's not yeah and in terms of elevation and stuff i think we're doing maybe 70 80 meters of elevation oh no it's a bit more i think yeah, i think we're doing 110 or something like that but like i said it is what it is so you yeah. kind of like you've got enough time like it's not um it's not a a super steep course it's not super steep 
but you've, you've got enough. There's plenty of time there. If, if people think that, you know, we're only going to do 30 loops, they're, they're kidding themselves. I think that you can go 60 to 70 loops on that course. Um, now that they've taken out the creek crossing and the steep ascent, um, oh, yeah, on the right day, anything can happen. And, and is the actual surface surface all grass or is there actually or is there some like dirt or uh, well i'm not i'm not sure whether they're going to change the course at all there's a oh, track okay. that i think that the matt and ben i think you might have guys might have ran up that tr track that has that dam at the top um i think that that so so some of it's like there's a lot of it's cow tracks or, or yeah or livestock tracks so it yeah, as long as it dries out and there's not too much of that, uh, but there's definitely there's there's no it's not single track. There's no bitumen. There's no gravel roads or anything like that. It's pretty much we'll make the track pretty much. Yeah. They they might mow around, but that's about it. <clears throat> I think Ryan, your uh, your lone peeps. I think they'll be perfect for the race. Oh, I got a new pair as well, so yeah, sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. Sometimes when you're going through that cow paddock stuff, and that it, even though it might be a bit more technical, like a dead cow gully, I actually find sometimes it takes your mind off things, you know, because you've got to focus so much on like tripping yeah. over roots and rocks and you know divots that you can just zone out on your actual just trail run, and you just forget, you know, it just breaks up the lap a bit sometimes. But I know it's more technical and harder on the body. But I found a dead cow gully. It made it a bit more interesting instead of getting, you know, just on a mundane loop and you're like oh you know and you start getting that feeling of like you're over it all the time when you you know you keep it you know a bit more interesting with the you know the character of the trail it makes it a bit more enjoyable yeah keep keep your mind active but like, even yeah over or like you want to numb out that's the only time sometimes it's bad as well if you want to do your sleep running which i, I kind of like doing a bit too like when you do get really fatigued like just shut off but i'm sure there's certain you know sections of the course where i'll find that i can do it and stuff mm. like that so so yeah, you actually oh sorry so Pat, it's almost like um just the variability of the train is sometimes nicer on the body than like bitumen and the yeah. same over and over and you you'll blow yeah. out your hips and you're like why am i so sore you know i'm only 10 loops in it's because you've been yeah. running on bitumen for 60ks whereas this yeah, yeah you and that's, I think, what you mean, Ryan, like that break, yeah, breaking that up, it's actually sometimes easier on the body. Well, Clint Eastwood is like a really easy course. Like, I don't even know, I don't know how much elevation there, but there's hardly any. There's only a couple little dips. They're not even, you wouldn't even call them hills. And it's just flat as, but it's real compacted gravel and it's like hard on the, on the feet. And after a while, because it's so easy, it does get a bit mind numbing. You go on this out and back and it can get tough. And that's another challenge in itself that, you know, the course is way easier than some of the other ones I've done, but then it's got its hard hard sections on the mind because you're doing that same repetitive stuff and you're not, you know, your mind's always thinking on that. You know, you've got to just practice, you know, zoning your mind out. So I've got some listener questions um, sent through by Instagram people. Um, the first one is... What do they eat during this type of race? Everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't eat anything. I don't eat I think a lot of people might that 
that are, are into road running or, or endurance running to some level might, might be expecting the answer to be, you know, gels and, and, and very um, easy digestive foods. But the reality is because we're running at, a, at a quite a moderate pace, your, your digestive system's still working. So the world's your oyster. You, you, you know, as, as long as your digestive system's working, you really can be eating whatever, whatever you want. Um, I, I don't know. You, I, I hope I'm not speaking for, for all of you guys. Do you guys agree or disagree? Um, I think every race can be different. I think sometimes depends on the heat, depends on how you feel. You know, sometimes you feel like eating more than others and I bring heaps of dishes. I might have only a spoonful of something, whatever, you know, Mexican dish or rice or whatever I've got. And then other times I can't stomach any of it. And then I might have a have a bit of tail in, which I hate that stuff, but I'll just bring it just to, you know, for an added extra. Same as like gels. I hate gels, but I've now got onto the spring energy. I think they're the closest thing to like real food. They've got half good ingredients and I might bring them for an extra thing. And then, you know, I try smoothies if I've got the blender or just basically just anything that I can try to, you know, feel like, or and then sometimes even feel like grease food, like chips or pizza or whatever anyone's got to offer. I'll try anything at certain times, but, yeah, I think like the other fellas said, sometimes you're not hungry at all either. So that's where it is hard. You know, you got to keep eating to get the calories in, and that's a trick in itself, I guess. And it takes a long time, to, I reckon, to learn and adapt for what your body needs. And I think every event you can sometimes, you know, ch chop and change and learn from each one what you kind of want. Mm. <clears throat> um, another question: Do you have any superstitions when running a backyard ultra? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> Matt does. Matt likes to leave the corral last. <laughs> last. Oh, oh, I I leave last at his last event every time. And I'm like, okay, cool. Nah, I'm, gonna try and, I'm gonna try and stay in the corral for as long as possible. <laughs> that was that was purely just at, at GV because um I'll, I was clearly trying to conserve as much energy as possible. And the transition from walk to run can sometimes, for me anyway, um, I've got dodgy knees, um, not that I'm trying to give my secrets away, but um, for me anyway, the transition from walk to run to walk, it m might be the, the, the most energy-sapping um, thing. Um, once you're in a constant state, either walking or running, it tends to be okay. Um, so I, 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 I maybe a little bit of training for this event coming up in a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, I, I made it a goal um, or, or um, yeah, I set myself a, a target to, to walk out of every single corral, walk for at least 50 or 100 metres before I even come up with a jog. Um, just yeah, heaps of people do that. Warming yeah. The, yeah, just warming the body up again. Um not going straight yeah. from standing still to running. And did it work? Maybe. I'm not so sure, but I gave it a go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, I think it worked. Well, one of the things with that um, in NG Ultra is that the very start, there was like like one, two, three corners that were really sharp and really straight after the corral. Yeah. There, there was nothing to gain by running the first 200 metres, you yeah. know. So, you know, I, I found myself walking 200 metres and then jogging 
the next 200 meters and passing 90 percent of all the competitors so mm -hmm. so just that that walking up walking through those corners especially on the pavement um it might have might have saved my joints a little bit yeah. who knows makes sense but but also that course in gv was very very easy so there was no there was no question about time constraints so yeah i could choose when to walk at any time you yeah. know um and there's no you've got, to, you've, got to walk. Yeah. you've got to have a walk point so if there isn't an obvious walk point then it might as you've well got to be yeah you have to invent one absolutely yeah mm. um next questions for ryan actually they've asked ryan what is harder getting up and facing another yard deep into a backyard ultra or getting off the stool and facing another round of a muay thai fight <laughs> i don't know really they're both pretty tough it's a hard one yeah i don't know really they're, they're hard to hard to bloody compare because you know they're both really i guess i think the muay thai one would be harder in that respect because you're there in that split second you don't have time to think whereas the backyard ultra you know you can get back and you got 20 minutes and you're sitting there you know trying to decide what you're doing and whereas you've got like you know 60 seconds to, to get back up so you don't really you know you just got to keep keep in the zone it's easier because you're focused but yeah i think i don't know they're both diff completely different challenges but i think when you but when you're deeper in an ultra like when you know start starting to get into the 35 40 hours onwards I think yeah, you probably start leaning towards the ultras harder because you're just so broken and no one's, you know, telling you to stay there but your own self. So mm. you're kind of just fighting against yourself. That's the hard aspect of that too because it's easy just to go like, yeah, you know what, I have done good. Let's just pull up. So it becomes just a war against yourself, I guess. And it depends how stubborn you are on your own self and why you're doing it and why you want to, you know, keep going. So, mm. yeah, it's a bit of a tough one to kind of, you know compare the two but they've both got their goods and bads and tough I, and yeah i guess there's no one like punching you in the face when you're running a backyard ultra yeah but that's the other thing with the muay thai too like a lot of people think that like it's brutal but you know when you're training it and you're used to doing you know do it for a long time it's it's not as bad as you actually think you're the same as the ultras you you get conditioned to what sport you you know you used to and you you know you learn to be able to take the hits and it doesn't hurt like you know a lot of people you know you watch it when you're sitting home on the couch and you watch your fight show and you see someone take a hit and there's blood and you're like oh it looks brutal but when you're actually in there you've got all the adrenaline going and you don't feel the hits half as much it's yeah. usually just when you're finished just like the ultra running like you know i've had fights where you you know you just kicking and punching like no tomorrow and then you, you're moving around sweet and then the minute the fight's over you can barely walk out of the ring because all the adrenaline stops and you just you, you you butchered the same as the running you know you're that butchered running around on doing the loops and then you know you, you you're still running but then the minute you stop and head home you can barely walk yeah so yeah. you know they both they both get you in the end i think yeah I, can i just i just want to ask phil uh brian sorry uh, a question of the similar vein like when i watched your doco one of the questions that really sprung out to me was i wanted to know like are you a fighter that runs or are you a runner that can fight what, what one when you when you go to bed at night are you a runner or are you a fighter i don't know i kind of don't really label myself with either to be honest like i'd be you know 
I would probably say I'm more of a just, I just like to believe just a warrior kind of thing. And I'm just on my own personal challenge just to see what I can do. And, you know, obviously I've done fighting a lot longer. So, you know, I'd probably consider myself more as a fighter than a runner because, you know, but I've always run for, for my fights, but I've only only done ultra running for the last four or so years. So, you know, like, yeah, I try not to label myself with that kind of stuff too much. I think we're all just, you know, all the same, equal humans, and we all find some passion that we love. And, you know, you direct, that's what I think the biggest problem that some people do in life is, you know, you always identify yourself with some kind of, you know, oh, I'm a carpenter or I'm a plumber, and then you just get stuck in this mentality. But it's just a passion that we enjoy, you know, and, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, great. Um, and Justin Hall, 22, asked, during backyard-specific training build, do you have any key training runs? No, me, I don't really. <laughs> I just run. I just, you know, I kind of try and keep it simple. I, I probably have a good, I have a structure of what I do every week. And I just, I think um, once you get that base fitness, it's more about um, getting, uh, getting and staying fit. And it's not, you know, once that base fitness is there over, say, a 10-year period, you, you're not really doing much more. You're not going to do a heap of strength work. You know, all that's pretty much there. It's, it's funny. Like, I, I was actually thinking about it today. And with the training side of things, we all, everyone, all we're all doing for something like this is training our bodies. But that's the only thing that we can train because – but the, the event actually – you need to be mentally strong. So what you've built up over your life to this point is the most important mental training for, for something like this. Um, but yeah, we, it's so funny. We focus, we, everyone focuses on, well, what do you do for training or what are your, your key things? And they're all important because you need to be fit. But when, when we're all broken, what's left? And then that's the mental mm. stuff that comes in and that's how we keep on moving because we're all 99 percent of it is is the is the mind at the end because we're all fit everyone's fit everyone's fit to a certain point right but it's not that much different everyone can run that loop it's just that what are you willing to do beyond you know when your body breaks can you keep going and then that's where the mind kicks in i think that that's the most important thing that if you your your main training if you're gonna say oh what are your main training things that you would do try and find a way to train your mind because that's the thing that, yeah. that's going to kick you out of that race not your body because you can you'll go beyond pain you can get you can handle the pain and it hurts so much that it stops hurting but it's just that well, what are you willing to do when there's nothing else left so yeah, that, good. that's exactly right and i think the only way to get good at that is like with the same with the training you have to keep like you know like even golden says you've got to keep throwing yourself back in the fire otherwise if you haven't been in that suffering position over and over again you're not going to get better at it. So that's like what you're saying, going in all those events, you're going in. And that's why I do all the events I do consistently and all the time and keep throwing myself back in there because that's how you get mentally strong. You, you don't get mentally stuff uncomfortable. That's, that's yeah, you don't get like, mentally strong by just doing an event every now and then, eh? So. Yeah, well, it's like, like I'll have a training event during the day. I'll train during the day and then I'll go for a run at, 
at, uh, on my dinner break and then I'll go for a fast walk on my smoker. Right? That sucks. It, there's nothing worse than having to suit up three times a day. It absolutely sucks. Uh, but I can compact it. I can go for one run. That's fine. But if you do three and you just go, it's raining, I can't be That's And you do that every day, then that's what gets you up out of that seat to go and do another loop because you're like, you know what? I actually know this feeling. This is the feeling I get when I need to go, want to go for a walk. Yeah, it's just another easy. day. Eh? Yeah. 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 yeah awesome yeah that's good um so this has been awesome um just to wrap it up um it, and you might not even want to answer this question but um have you got any goals or predictions for the event in, in a couple of weeks i'd like to um, get into the 70s 70s yep i'd like and to get go what was that ben i'd like to win and go to tennessee Oh, yeah, yeah. The winner goes to, to Biggs, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm, um, yeah, I, without seeing the course, but, yeah, if we don't break the current Australian record, I think that'll be a shame. So, yeah. That's my prediction, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my kids want to go to the States. They want to see Disneyland. <laughs> so, so there's no, no pressure whatsoever, so. <laughs> um question for for tim your your kids are going to be there so do you think our kids could be friends or are your kids going to be too cool for my kids nah my kids are pretty <laughs> friendly my kids are pretty friendly all right they mine are out. as well but uh no look i i just love running um and to me you know my philosophy is very much um every race is a celebration of the the devotion you have for, for something that you love and yeah. you know i want to celebrate for as long as possible so you know um yeah as Maybe. long as possible yeah, it'd be awesome to run with you guys though it'd be sweet i can't wait yeah i can't wait to meet you ryan yeah well thanks thanks heaps for joining in the um this podcast i think it's been awesome so i can't wait to celebrate together better yeah, sorry oh, for stitching everyone else off and making your weight. <laughs> that was my bad. <laughs> Bloody yeah. daylight savings. Yeah. Oh, I, I should have looked, sorry. Yeah, no, no, uh, no worries. Well, all the best for the event. And um, I know you guys are going to kill it. I can't I, I can't wait to follow it, like, online. You should come down. down. Well, I want to come, come down? Well, I want to come down. I'm working that. I've tried to get it off, but... I've finished, I'm working all that weekend. I might, if you guys are still going, and I, you probably will be on Monday night, I, I'll probably... Oh, most there. definitely. Monday. Monday. I've got my ticket. <laughs> my return flight's Wednesday, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, I've got got worked out that's, Yeah, that's 82 hours I've worked out to the morning, so I'm hoping <laughs> if it's still going, I'm going to miss me flight, but <laughs> I'll just have to work out some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, um, I'll, I'll see you guys there then. All right, no worries. Thanks very much, Pato. Fantastic. Thanks, right, guys. Nice everyone. All right. Yeah. See, see you all soon. See you. See you. See you.